2: Hello, everybody, and welcome to episode twenty-eight from Swinging from the Hips. Uh, not our first one on the of the uh, Monday night, it's our second one on uh, Monday nights. And uh, I'm absolutely naked after my day job, so forgive me if I fall asleep. I'll try and stay awake as uh, we bring you the show tonight. Now, just waiting for uh, our guest, two possibly three guests, to uh, to to uh, to uh, make themselves uh, available. I suppose, uh, just uh, just waiting for them to arrive. Uh, and um, But we'll be looking at on the show today, we'll be looking at the uh, Plunkett Shield right here in New Zealand, that uh, second round happening there, the IPL in the UAE, which is obviously nearing the end, and um, my, some of the teams already have played their 14 round-robin games. And uh, if uh, we'll hopefully we'll have Taz, and we'll be able to talk about the Pakistan going at it at home with Zimbabwe. Well uh just uh, I think they had the uh, second ODI overnight there so um yeah hopefully we'll um, have our have our guests show up very soon morning um morning I was about to say morning Simon like, hi Simon uh, nice to see you again in the old chat room there so uh, one of our regular contributors so uh, just um rolling along let's see. Uh, there we go. we've just got Adrian has popped up. I'll bring him into the show. Hello, Adrian. How you doing?
0: Great Ashwin. Yourself, buddy?
2: Oh, I'm the, I'm, I just said to the people, I'm knackered, mate. I am knackered. So <laughs> uh, you, as I nod off, <laughs> had a big yeah, day. You, <laughs> <laughs> a, you, is it, is it looks like a bit of a, a yellow and green top on there. Is that a CD top? Is it?
0: Or is it? Cornwall, mate. I can't get my things around the right way. Cool
2: Cornwall. Oh, Cornwall top. Yeah, Cornwall top. Okay. Alrighty. No worries. <laughs> and we're just waiting waiting for Taz, hopefully, to turn up as well was saying um, we'll get Taz on there because we know nothing about what's going on in the Pakistan-Zimbabwe series, but um, yeah. I did watch a little bit of it. I did have to say the first ODI, and uh, we'll hopefully we'll get Taz coming on later. But uh, have you been watching a bit or following the Plunkett Shield?
0: Yeah, a little bit. Yeah, absolutely. So know a little bit what's going on. I've been of Eden Park a couple of times, um, I haven't spent, like, all my time down there, but sort of tried pop in, like, half an hour a day, just between appointments. Yeah, uh, Just to see what's nice. going on. Um, so, yeah, well, a little bit. We'll
2: crack on into it. Uh, we'll bring up the uh, – this week we've basically uh, had – actually, I'm just going to – look. This is how well prepared I am tonight because uh, things – yeah, you're running very late. <laughs> but, um, yeah, this week we've had basically Indy go at it with Otago – uh in mount maunganui auckland and cd which is the game that adrian would have uh, attended a few days of or a few sessions and wellington and canterbury so we'll crack onto it into the um northern otago game we'll just have bring up the summary there and i will share my screen so people can see what i'm talking about uh where's it gone share screen and it's make sure i get the right one and share there and then we'll bring that up there we go um Looking... Tough one for Otago. Um, Northern always in control in this game. And um, I think Otago nearly held out in the final day, but uh, not just finally not having enough. And um, um, Northern able to get the win over Otago. Some interesting um, sort of uh, uh, um, performances that uh, actually were for Northern. Did you follow, see anything there?
0: I mean, firstly... How good is that northern team at the moment on paper? You just look down that scorecard and you just think, oh my god, you know, good luck playing them at this time of year. I think you hope to play them when the international series is on. Um, well, but it, interestingly, it, it tr- yeah,
2: sorry, I was just gonna, but uh,
0: interestingly enough, the, the
2: guy that's been performing for them in their first match and in the second match, Joe Carter, and he's skipper, isn't he? I think.
0: Look, I'm not sure if he's skipper, but absolutely, he's up there. If he's not the top run scorer in the Plunkett Shield, then he must be pretty close to it. Um, he's had an absolutely tremendous season, so it's great when you see the lesser known names uh, sort of rubbing shoulders with these sort of international stars and 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 performing better on the day. It must be an absolute feather in his cap. He's, he's having a great season. I think actually um, uh, Conway, is it, from Wellington, the the run yep. machine that we're all looking forward to playing international cricket? Yeah, I we are. He's probably, he's probably top. He's number one. I think Carter's number two at the moment behind him. Um, I think he's just had an absolutely fantastic start to the season.
2: I'm just going to bring in Tez because he's joined us as well. And Tez, uh, good evening hey, to thanks. you. We just started going in around Plunkett Shield. So um, have you been following any other Plunkett Shield games?
1: Yes, I am. Yeah, it's, uh, it's been exciting. Obviously, Canterbury won two out of two, and uh, yes, you know, they top, have. But, yeah, they have. Uh, obviously, a few black ca- all the all the black caps playing, so that sort of makes it quite uh, competitive.
2: Oh, it makes it a lot more interesting. Well, not not that's probably a bit harsh really, but it obviously gets a lot more interest in it from people when they see names that they recognize. But as Adrian's just and I've just alluded to, seeing the like I mean, Devin Conway has said everybody's waiting to see Devin Conway um in a in a black cap shirt. But having a look at someone like Joe Carter, who's um you know, in this game against Otago, 146 in the first innings, the backbone of the innings, and then backed it up with fifty-four in the second as well.
1: Yeah, I mean, Joe Carter, I don't know if you remember, he played for uh, New Zealand under-19s uh, with, um, around East Saudi time, like about seven, eight years ago. And he got right. uh, like, three contracts with ND, and then he actually, three years ago, he wasn't contracted. So he kind of went in the sort of in the behind the scenes, and then when he came back, he came back as a sort of more of a middle-order batsman, or right. you know, and scoring heaps of runs. So he was opener when he played age group cricket for New Zealand. So, uh, yeah. Good comeback for him. He's I think twenty
2: seven, twenty eight. So still got yep. a lot to offer. He's still got a lot to offer. that's the great thing about cricket. You can start a bit later, can't you, and carry on. <laughs> the um, just yeah. on the bowling side. I mean, it, it, you're alluding to it, Adrian. In terms of, you look at the bowling f- um the performances for the for the uh, for Northern Districts and first innings. You got Southey and Wagner. With four four uh, Southie with a five for and Wagner with a four for and in the second innings you got Ish Sodhi and Scott Kugeline. Um, you know, really Otago doing it really tough when you've got to face that line bowling lineup, isn't it?
0: I am absolutely loving the competition amongst the New Zealand seamers at the moment. You've got these four um going hell for leather You've got Carl yep. Jameson just producing amazing performances. You've got Doug Bracewell just Putting in superhuman efforts. I mean, the stocks are fantastic at the moment for New Zealand cricket in that seam uh, bowling department. I'm just loving to see that everybody is, you know, competing half of their spots because there's no gimmies any, anymore. Yeah,
2: you know, it's, it's a it, you know the benefit of it is the fact is that as you say, there's no gimmies, so that means that you have to keep performing because your performance drops and there's there's another guy waiting to take his opportunity, so you can't be that guy that just sort of cruises.
0: Totally. And it'd be really interesting to see what happens this year with, um, with the selections, especially around test match cricket. I mean, Saudi, what an amazing sort of bowler he's been for New Zealand. I'm starting to think they're sort of thinking of more horses for courses with Saudi, just picking him on particular services rather than as an absolute shoe in all the time. Um, on certain services, I see he still be one of the best bowlers in New Zealand. But, you know, on other services where, you know, you might think people like Carl Jameson or Scott Kugelheim might be, might be better options, um, Doug Bracewell as well. So um, tough, tough year for the um, New Zealand selectors in that seam bowling department.
2: So, so you'd be looking at someone like your Jamesons and Kugelheim where you got a bit more bounce because that they can utilise their bounce a bit better?
0: Yeah, I would say on generally flatter services where it's not going to swing, you don't think it's going to swing as much. Um, because of you know, the conditions, maybe the weather forecast and the type of maybe abrasive pitch that you're playing on that's not going to allow the ball to keep it shine. So sort of services like that, I think that um, they might look at those sort of um, guys that maybe got a little bit extra pace in Southie. Um, maybe if there's a bit more uh, hit the deck, sort of short, left, hard, get the ball to bounce. Um, yeah, it, it'd be interesting to see what they do. But while we'll say he's an amazing bowler. And I still think there's got a big part to play in New Zealand cricket. I don't think he's quite the. Um, I think he's going to become more of a horses for courses type bowler in the next season or two.
1: Yeah. So just to, and, and, and yeah, you got Ted? Sorry. So Doug yep. Bracewell scored a hundred and Kugilain. So I think these two guys are kind of almost like um, kind of. Um, I don't think they'll push uh, Colin de Grandhomme aside, but. These are the guys who are kind of pushing for like that sort of all rounder, like number seven spot. If if uh, and with Doug scoring a hundred, uh, obviously he's done himself a favour there. Um, and uh, <laughs> so I think like Colin de Grandhomme, uh, that position probably. Um, this, they've got yep. like a couple of guys who can bowl, but who can like obviously score, like you know Doug Bracewell scored a hundred. So that's so, well, like the all rounder sort of like genuine all rounder thing is where New Zealand probably lacks. Um, in comparison to, like, you know, sort of uh, b- bigger countries. So I guess um, with this, um, Doug Bracewell has always been rated for his batting, but never really sort of, you know, scored big runs. And <laughs> he's started off well here, yep. so fingers crossed.
2: We'd yeah. be a re- bit remiss not to sort of comment on Otago there. Although they sort of, like, um, struggled in that first innings, <laughs> they fought back quite well in that game against Northern with the 3.30 in the second. Um, uh, again, sort of, with Hamish Rutherford and... Um, Oh, my mind's gone blank on their other ex-black cap. That's got they've got down there, but they've got a few players, but they're not performing. But there's other players that are coming through with Cam Hawkins, Nick Kelly, who's moved. Uh, uh, has he moved down this season to Otago?
1: Was he? No, two
2: years ago. From last year. Two years ago. Okay. Yep. Yeah. Right. And yeah. uh, and then even R- R- Ripon, who um, had a he, he had a good bat against Auckland, and um, I think he got a hundred against Auckland. Uh, in the first time he's getting a forty-four. So there's some the just need a bit more consistency through their batting lineup for Otago don't they to to back up some of the guys that are performing
0: yeah and it's really good to see some of their local players there's a guy there Max Chu that um yep. sort of scored a few runs he's a New Zealand 19 player from last year keeper batter and um i think what Otago has been a little bit guilty of is that at times sort of taking the sort of players that can't quite make it another sort of district. it was still good players but haven't quite managed to find find their feet in other sort of districts. So it's great to see them sort of producing their own talent there because um, I think that just gives you that little bit of an extra edge if you sort of come from that region and you can wear your heart on your sleeve a bit more rather than it just being sort of a, a means to an end in a job.
2: I, I think you've um, – you, you I was trying to think of the words and you, you put it probably best by saying you can you wear your heart on your sleeve. You've just got that little bit more extra fight when you're from yeah. the area itself and you're fighting for, your, you know, the place that you live, born in sort of thing. So, yeah, I think you're not not, not, not wrong there in terms of just trying to focus a bit more on the development that you've got of the players coming through.
0: Yeah.
2: So we'll move on to the uh, next game, and uh, let, let's look at the Auckland Central game. And, um, obviously, the big talking point out of this game, Kyle Jamison and uh, his hat trick. And, uh, yeah, absolutely. Uh, called <laughs> Well done, fantastic, and and what a what a leave, what a what a fantastic leave to, to pick up the hat trick.
0: It was it what a fantastic um, hat trick it was. I mean, there are hat tricks and there are hat tricks, right? Yep. And this was yep. a great hat trick. I mean, he got the ball before a hat trick. Yes, he got whacked for six. Um, yes. You know, he got, got pulled for a six and then uh, followed up with a cracking short of length delivery, which bounced like he can make it caught slip. I mean, that's a real skill. That's a skill for a seam bowler to run in and get the ball to bounce and move away like that. And then a really sort of um, aggressive straight one to get through the gate first up. I can't remember the second batter, And then um, the third one, Brad Shemoulian, the third one. I mean, I reckon, I, I genuinely reckon that nine out of every ten batsmen would have left that. You know, with Kyle's height, the ball starting so far outside off stump on a hatching ball, you don't really want to be playing it if you don't want to. He's gone for the big exaggerated leave, and it's just sort of just seen back and just what a beautiful nut at the top. I mean, it was just a great hatchet.
2: The only thing that was missing from that delivery was the cartwheeling stump not replanting itself like about three four meters back. You know. Yeah.
0: Yeah. <laughs> That's Cheers. the only thing that was missing from that delivery. I was um I was fortunate in that game. I was watching that game, not not actually when he got the hat trick, but I was talking to his dad um down at the ground, and um also was lucky enough to speak to uh, Kerry Warmsley, who's one of the sort of Auckland selectors at the moment. And an interesting thing that they said about Carl is that he when he went to Australia with the Black Caps last year, you know, he sort of he ran the drinks for a lot of the time, didn't get a lot of cricket. But what they said about him is that he really watched the Australian bowlers. And one of the things he really noticed that was different is how quickly they attacked the crease. People like Patterson, um, you know, they, they ran in so fast compared to maybe your average New Zealand bowler. Yep. Um, and they really attacked the crease that, that much harder. And working with the New Zealand bowling coach, that's been his sort of plan um, or part of his plan, I guess, to, to really try and uh, bring that into his game so he could get extra pace and extra bounce and really utilise what he's got. So, you know, him attacking the crease more um, without sort of losing his balance and his rhythm has been a sort of key work on for for Kyle, uh, so I heard. And um, it looks like it, if that's true, which I think it is, it's actually paying off dividends. It's fantastic for him.
2: So a, a good tip for um, young kids coming through, isn't it, in its to – at an early age, just just running as hard as you can.
0: Totally, mate. Gotta to stay balanced on all that mm-hmm. sort of stuff. But you've got to attack the crease. If you're gonna bowl fast, you gotta give it everything.
2: And then, basically, moving on, I think um, it's a like let, let's look focus on Doug Bracewell. As I said, a hundred in the match, also returning some good figures as well with the ball in hand. Three for eighteen in the first innings, and four for ninety six in the second. That three for eighteen in the first innings, suit, amazingly economical. That was only off sixteen overs. Yeah,
0: just I just love the way he's competing for his spot. I, I just, you know, I, I do admire him as a cricketer. I just think, you know, maybe it's had a, a few sort of issues on his career about, you know, fitting the mould. But, geez, he's the sort of guy I reckon you want, you know, you want in a battle on your side. Yes, yeah, yeah, he's got quite team. You love him in my team. I think he's got so much to offer, you know, and um, he's just another cracking New Zealand cricketer just there in the wings that uh, is there waiting for his chance. Just, just top gun cricketer.
2: So, do we think we, we will see him fight create that? Um, as Taz was alluding to, Taz, you're alluding to the fact that really trying to get a genuine all-rounder. I mean, like we've got Colin de Grandhomme that he does well, but really he's, he's not he's not um, he's not a out-and-out fast bowler, is he? He's he is medium pace. He's a
1: batting pace. all-rounder, um, in my opinion. Yeah,
2: yeah, he's a batting all-rounder exactly. Yeah. So you want someone that's going to be equally good with the bat and ball would be. Optimal, wouldn't it, as, a, as the all-rounder in the middle of the um team?
1: And it's a great day because they were like, they only missed out by 25 runs. So in the fourth inning, chasing, you know, 280-odd and then him scoring a 100, um, that's, you know, that's uh, that's more than like a number eight, number seven. Like that's a good effort by any batsman. Um, and they obviously yep. got close enough. Um, not obviously didn't get them over the line, but uh, I think that sort of those sort of innings, uh, when you see them, you probably you 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 think that there's something special about him. But like I've I've known him for ten years. Like I've played some cricket against him at, at uh, like sort of um, hook cup cricket, and even then he was known to be like a all rounder, but never really sort of you know. This is the first time sort of he started off uh, well with the bat. So um, yeah, hope he kind of. Uh, gets that number seven, number six, number seven spot. Some at some stage. Did
2: you did you pick did you pick up his wicket in the Hawke Cup?
1: Caught, in bold, oh, yes.
2: no, <laughs> you're caught and bold, I know. Yeah, caught in bold. Hey, look. Um, one player I'd like to sort of mention because I I sort of notice is like um Sean Solia. Uh, this is like is he becoming a second inning sort of uh, magic bowler? He he did well in that first game. He got a five for in the first game in the second innings, and he's picked up four in the second innings this time.
0: I think he's one of the top wicket-takers in the Plunkett Shield, if not the top wicket-taker at the moment. I mean, when you look at that Auckland attack, I would say I personally look at him and think he's maybe the third, fourth type seamer in that attack. But he's just doing a great job for them at the moment. He's obviously hitting a good length. He just seems to bowl that sort of really nice sort of length where – you know, you can just draw people half forward, uh, create opportunities. Um, he's, he's just doing a great. Hey, can I just um do a shout-out? There's, um, there's one of the Auckland players, um, Ollie uh, Pringle, made his yep. debut in the first yep. round of playing Shield. field. And um, what was really sort of quite cool about that is uh, I was speaking to his father, Martin Pringle, who uh, used to play for Auckland himself. Yep. And he was telling me that Martin all – also made his debut on the Eden Park number two outer oval, just like his son Ollie did. Both against Otago. Martin was playing against Ken Rutherford. Ollie was playing against Hamish hey, Rutherford. Rutherford. <laughs> and there's All these sort of symmetries going on, and he, and um, and you have and Hamish Rutherford was Ollie's first wicket, so that was a nice. Uh, I thought it was a nice thing to bring up. Nice. Nice, nice symmetry. Yeah.
2: Absolutely. Absolutely. Just yeah. just um, in terms of uh, I suppose. Is there any concern about, say, someone like Ross Taylor who hasn't fired with the bat early? I mean, he's come back from the Caribbean um, Premier League. Um, I suppose didn't set the world on fire over there and he's come back over uh, to the plunket shield. Struggled a bit, but um, any concerns there really or not really? No,
0: nah, no concerns from me. Now, his, I, um, uh, I
1: think if you... If, 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 sorry, carry on.
0: No, you go, Taz.
1: Okay, so I think his, if you look at his striker, so I think he's still in that T20 mode. Like, you know, he's sort of still um, going hard at the ball, which naturally you would, you know. But uh, looking at the shots from the highlights, he kind of it's still in, I think he's still seeing the ball well.
2: <laughs> no, that's good. And then um, moving on to the final game of this round uh, was uh, Canary, a repeat of the first round game, but this time played down in Christchurch. Wellington, Canterbury, and uh, Canterbury, really surprising. I mean, like obviously, they won that game quite well at the Basin, but um, they really did um, put Wellington to the sword this time around.
0: Yeah, just um, a really good, I think, um, you know, they're, they're a dangerous side, Canterbury. They're always, I find them always tough, very competitive cricketers at any level that you play against them. Um Great, great to see Fraser Sheet picking up five for 25. He was um, he was the schoolboy cricketer of the year about two years ago. Um, mm-hmm. um, coming, I think, through Christchurch Boys High School, if I remember correctly. Um, don't shoot me if he wasn't. That was Rumble. I think it was. Um, and he sort of, he's came from school, he's fi- found his feet in first class and now picked up, I think, that's his best first ever fifer. And right. good, good on him for that. And I think he's a super little cricketer to look out for for the future as well.
2: And 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 I'll put it this way because I love saying I like putting it as two of their imports uh, for Canterbury, um, helping with that first, uh, f- uh, first innings big score, um, Daryl Mitchell first season, uh, transferring from Northern down to Canterbury and Cam Fletcher, um, he's been down there a while now but out of Auckland, uh, getting a hundred as well. So, uh, they've they've done well in their um people that they're getting into the squad.
1: Um, the, yeah, you're, you're right. I mean, obviously, uh, runs by Mitchell, but um, if you notice that um, Matt Henry got injured, so I thought, yes. well, Canterbury might find it tough, you know, to sort of go Will Williams, like, more of a one-day bowler, like, you know, it's wicket mm-hmm. to wicket, and, you know, and Fraser Sheets, obviously, haven't seen much of him, but as Andrew Adrian said, he's only young. So they still kind of their backup bowlers still manage to take a five for in each inning, which means that uh, they do have enough depth. Like, you know, um, with Matt Henry not playing, um, I thought, well, Wellington might actually score big against them, but they didn't. So, yeah, I mean, um, I, mean I don't know if yeah. Matt Henry comes back. but um, Matt Henry's be...
2: out for, I believe, roughly, I mean, so this was about a week ago. It was six yeah. weeks a week ago. So roughly, I suppose, he's still okay, about so five he's, weeks he's left. He's
1: out, out for good. For like not a few
2: that. That's yeah. not good. Yeah, yeah. He broke a, he broke a finger um, in the nets yeah. while he was batting. Uh, if I remember correctly, was the uh, news story that came out. So yeah, he's um, it's a finger, uh, broken finger. That's the issue for him. Was he facing um, Neil
0: Wagner? <laughs> 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 well,
2: what would been one of his teammates? Maybe it was Fraser. You know, that would that wouldn't yeah. go down too well. Is it? A young fella coming <laughs> in and breaking yeah. the old timers' finger. But that's how you get into the team, maybe. And you know
1: what? <laughs> it's it's funny how Matt Henry got into the team because um, two of the Canterbury players had to go to a funeral. I think it was a cricket, cricketing funeral. So, yep. Matt Henry played half of the game and took a pfeiffer. And Brendan Henney, who he replaced, kind of, I don't think he's played much for Canterbury afterwards because Matt Henry took a pfeiffer and then, you
2: know. <laughs> <laughs> you got to take your opportunity. It doesn't matter what sport you play, right? Got to yeah. take your opportunities when they're presented to you.
0: Yeah. That's there, was, the big... there was a similar story with uh, Mitchell McClenaghan about getting back in the Auckland squad after his long-term injury. He was exactly the same. He he wouldn't have played if it wasn't for a guy. He was picked as 12th man uh, for an Auckland game a few seasons ago, well, more than a few seasons ago now, um, on the basis just to get him back around the squad. But he certainly wasn't the next bowler in line. And a bowler got injured just uh, in the warm-ups. He came in and played five wickets and then just one Rest of the IPL contract and he's he's away. So sometimes you just gotta have a lucky break in life. Yeah.
2: yeah, it's interesting, isn't it? You look at someone like uh, McLenaghan, and he's you're talking about someone that um, with Kyle Jamison working on hitting that crease. That's it, someone that bustles in and go, goes hard at the crease, isn't it?
0: Oh yeah, just just a wholehearted cricketer. Just I mean, so amazing. I just love watching players that just give, give their all, and he's one of mm. them.
2: Yeah. just so going coming back to the Wellington Canterbury game Wellington have to be disappointed i mean they've they've, they've they've put a good squad together uh for this for this season and um they've really have probably underperformed. one one player aside and devin Conway obviously Jamie Gibson picked up a, a century in the second innings but um you know devin Conway aside the rest of them really haven't sort of fired so far within the team.
0: Yeah, look, I don't know too much about those Wellington players, Taz. I don't know of you, but yeah, they just don't seem to be far and they seem to be relying on one, possibly two players. And it doesn't seem to be a, a collective team batting effort from looking in from afar anyway.
1: Yeah, Yeah. I mean, I think they're kind of in like transition because they've got like um, Ravindra, the left-hand uh, yep. batsman. left yep. Ratchan Ravindra. Yeah, and then they've got uh, the guy from Auckland. um his name? The batsman. I just had it a few seconds in- ago
2: and it's Finn yeah. Allen, Finn Allen.
1: So, so I think they're kind of like putting together sort of a young mix of young and old squad and they probably haven't found the mix yet. Uh, but I mean, like I thought, well, the Canterbury not playing, obviously, with, with without uh, Henry. I thought these guys would probably have a better chance, but they still haven't. So uh, I guess it's just sometimes they kind of, they're still in the transition to get the sort of squad right. And uh, I hope that sort of long-term thing it will work for them.
0: Yeah, it's an interesting sort of um, journey for this Finn Allen. You know, he came out of um, sort of a schoolboy being a bit of a superstar, you know, um, smacking it around at sort of that young and then sort of hitting, he hit sort of men's uh, cricket, I guess. And then he's had a little taste of first-class cricket. And it's been a real tough ride for him, right? And he's, um, and it's going to be interesting to see how he um, copes with all of that. And how he sort of manages to sort of get from where he is now to where he wants to be—it's not going to be the easy ride, which maybe it looked like it might be for him a few years ago. And let's see what he's got inside of him. See where he because he got a pair in his debut for Wellington. Got he double ducked first game. Yep. I mean that's not that's not a great start to a to a, player, <laughs> a new uh. New, and and but, I think second innings it took about twenty five balls. He was obviously desperate just to try and hang in there, hang in there, and get something. And then eventually got out. So. Look, he's a, he's a wonderful, talented striker of the ball, uh, but it takes more than that to succeed at, at a high level in cricket. And um, uh, it'd just be interesting to watch his journey and see where he gets to. I wish him all the best.
2: Well, it's just like it, it sounds like it was, So, what you're saying. I mean, like uh, using a an analogy out of rugby, we, we have guys carve it up in schoolboy rugby, and then they basically hit the big time. And it's just like, oh, there's you can't quite run through um, these grown men all of a sudden <laughs> that you could do with the schoolboys
0: yeah absolutely you know you, you you know it's there is a big difference between sort of um, even good schoolboy cricket and men's cricket you know and um, you know and don't get me wrong I think he's got the ability um, but it's just going to be a lot harder for him and he's just gonna have to he's gonna have to just revert to the basics more I think more often than he has done in the past, and and just you know um, focus focus more yep. and try not to make, make the mistakes.
2: Yeah, interesting. Um, I had had conversations with um Aaron around this actually in terms of how the likes of a CD actually benefit. where, because they don't necessarily have a strong schoolboys competition, or and so you end up with younger players playing in the senior club competitions earlier with uh, the, and therefore adapting to uh, um. A harder level of cricket um yeah. which then benefits them when you start seeing them coming through the CD environment in particular and obviously within auckland you're not going to get that are you because you're getting you basically have got a strong schoolboys competition so you've got the schoolboys thing. do you think there's an element of the fact that the those um rural teams for want of a term um d- do see um younger players coming through earlier because they're exposed to that harsher environment earlier
0: I do. I think it's a, it's a quicker learning ground for sure. But don't get me wrong. I think Finn Allen, even when he was a schoolboy, still played a lot of senior cricket at that age as well. So I think right. he mixed between school cricket and senior cricket But um, uh, because, you know, just to get that higher level of competition that he needed. So Need it's, it. it's not the magic wand, right? It's not in your way it, you play senior cricket and suddenly you're a better player. There's a lot more to it than that. But, um, look, I just think, you know, you look at that guy – His natural ability, the way he can strike a ball, you think, you know, he's got a chance to go all the way. Yep. Um, But I think what he's found is that he can still go all the way. It's just going to be really hard. And I'm just going to, I'm really interested in watching how he um, progresses um, the way he approaches his cricket uh, in a new environment down in Wellington. You know, go for it, fella. That's what I say. Give it all, give it everything you've got because you could do it.
2: Yep. So we'll just uh, quickly go over the table, and it sees Canterbury of um, with those two convincing wins over Wellington um, are sitting at the top of the table by two points from Auckland, um, and then Northern with their outright this time round of um, against Otago, bringing up and coming up in third position. So I think Central got the uh, win against Northern in that sort of the forfeited. Uh, innings game in the first round. So uh, that's where they're getting up to 19 points. And uh, Otago and Wellington bringing up the rear. So uh, that's the table. Early days, obviously, a lot more games to get get in. No doubt with Plunkett Shield, as we always do, weather will be a factor in the competition. Always is.
0: It, it is. I mean, they've got two more rounds now before, um, you know, they sort of switch to the Ford Trophy. And then, obviously, yep. the school holidays is around that Dream 11 Super Smash. So, and then they obviously finish the season in sort of March, April with another four rounds. So I think the next two rounds might be okay, but when you get to the back end of the season, March and particularly into April, certain parts of the country, it could be really weather affected then.
2: Yep. We'll see. We'll keep an eye on that and we'll see how that turns out. Well, we'll quickly move along to um, the IPL, which is obviously coming to a rapid conclusion now. Well, rapid conclusion round robin stage is coming to a rapid conclusion and um i'll just bring the table up first and if i get myself sorted here we go so look um i I suppose we can see we've we've got one team that's actually qualified in the mumbai indians after this morning's match uh the night riders have kept their hopes alive whilst consigning the rajasthan royals to the end of season celebrations so uh, they'll be joining the Super Kings and planning postseason parties, but Knight Rider's still in there and moved back into fourth position. But anyone from the sort of uh, the Sunrises, Hyderabad, through could, could still could make it into the uh, top
0: four or into the qualifiers. It's been a pretty tight season, eh? I mean, it's it's really only been to this round where you know, apart from probably Chennai. That it's, it's been hard to pick the top four. Who have Sunrisers got going into the last round? That's a. Uh,
2: let's. Um, I'll bring that. I'll just scroll along the bottom. It should tell us Mumbai. So they've got they got top of the table. They've got the qualifiers. So um, yeah. it, that'll be an interesting one because you might see the uh, the Mumbai Indians maybe giving some of their wider squad a, a chance, or they might want to keep the momentum going and just keep going. So yeah, it'll be interesting.
1: They're playing at charger, so that's a. Like the postage, postage stamp, stamp. You know? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yeah, with, with Mumbai, like uh, Rohit Sharma and stuff, like that's
2: a, that's a big scoring ground for them, okay. yeah. So, as, well, it's the other thing that's been interesting. I mean, like, I know we did talk early days, um, Taz, in terms of you know, charges the small, um, the postage stamp, but there's been some big scores at the other grounds as well, over 200. But they seem to have dried up a bit of late in terms of those big 200 scores that we were getting there for a while.
1: Yeah, I guess like, yep, I, I don't know if they're using the same pitch again and again. They're, they're playing more games, like you know, because PSL the the season is shorter, and uh, you can just easily track, you know, with uh, with IPL they pay up more oh. games. Right. And you got to tracks, and uh, I mean, India generally produces good spinners. So um, on a flatter day, short boundaries, you score runs. But if there's any spin, then India's got enough local spinners that they kind of. Um, can contain
2: right yep and it's just like um and and sort of uh moving on to sort of like the kings 11 they look like they had their sort of mojo back they had four wins in a row um they've now followed it up with two losses and look like after getting their season back on track might sort of living on the edge looks like their season will probably be done and dusted
1: So, do they yeah. have any more games left or i think that was the no they case. don't 14 no they don't a, so they don't have any 14 more
2: games. games gone so basically no. it's a case no. the night riders no. are also basically done and dusted so really the only way that they the kings 11 are basically gone so it's it, unless there's some sort of miracle well no actually no it can't happen because the night riders are finished as well so no. it's not like the right no. the, the hydra could have a really bad game and their net run rate might crash but um yeah, as I said, Calcutta, no, that won't happen. And then Dali and uh, the ch- challenges, Royal Challengers have already got 14. So Kings
0: 11 are out. So, uh, so basically it's, it's Sunrisers, if they win, looking at their net run rate, they're going to go uh, about above Calcutta Knight Riders. So yep. I would say that it really comes down to if Sunrisers can beat Mumbai Indians, then KKR are gone. Gone. And then... And then basically, um, and that's going to decide your fourth place spot, really, because uh, yep. Mumbai are going to be top. And then, you know, the, the other one, who's going to leap for our Challengers, Bangalore or Delhi? they obviously the other two teams playing each other. And it's quite important if you finish in the top two because of their sort of playoff system. I think the winner of that game goes on to the final. That's the right. One and two. Play the one and two, yeah. Right. That's right. Exactly so that right. Delhi and uh, Royal Challengers Bangalore is actually going to be a massive, massive game.
2: It's a shame that Sherubin hasn't been able to make it on the show because his team is basically, well, actually, both teams, the Royal Challengers and Delhi Capitals, on a losing streak, both of them. Yep, they are, yeah. Four and three, how, yeah. Much, how much in a competition like this actually does that, that, that form, that continuing form, actually mean anything going into the next game?
0: Do you know? I used to think it meant a lot, but I, as I got older, I, I feel it's less and less, because um, especially in a format like T Twenty, which is can be come down as such. You know, you know, it's such a high risk game for you know whether ball clears the boundary by a meter or you get caught. It can come down to such fine margins. I just think that it's um, you know I just think they just back themselves every game. These top players, and at this level, I think they'll just. It could anyone's on the day. Genuinely, anyone.
2: I, I tend to agree with you that's uh, that's why i sort of asked that question because my, my thought pattern was basically it's it's like um like what a rugby coach basically said a few years a uh, few years ago and he said basically you just flush the dunny and move on don't you It's just like it, it, it it's a bad game you put it away you move on to what actually has to happen in the next game you don't worry about what's gone before it yeah
1: and they generally have a big support staff as well with the team, so I'm sure they would have some sort of sports psychologists involved in some capacity as well. Um, Obviously, generally we say momentum like, you know, helps, you know, obviously, Um, but on the other hand, like they've got um, sort of experienced coaches and a lot of support staff around the team. They probably sort of know how to come back from the upset or like from a losing streak. So hopefully it'll be a good game. (laughs)
2: Every, every team has to have a sports guy psychologist these days, don't they? You can't travel without a sports psychologist. It's not the done thing. Adrian, you're going to say something, mate?
0: Oh, look, totally. I think every workplace needs a psychologist these days. <laughs> <laughs> That's
2: what it comes down to. <laughs> <laughs> uh, look, uh, we'll, we'll get – yeah, Sorry.
0: I just gonna say they've got so many good players waiting in the wings as well. You mean you you they can just bring in new players, they can add a little bit of you know how good was Lockie Ferguson when he came in, you know, late in the competition? Just yeah. absolutely set the world on fire, you know, quickly. And that and all it takes okay. is a spark like that, a new player, new energy. But,
2: even, so he, but he hasn't been used regularly since since he made that big uh is he has he got an injury or is what's or is they just the fact that they're actually ra- ranking some of the bowlers higher than him and therefore they're bringing him back. And what, what's the story there? Do we know?
0: He's played. He's definitely played. Yeah, he's definitely he's played. played, played
1: yeah. Yeah. But I, so, I think yeah. it's the, the four overseas players, quota, And that's where sort of they kind of choose when to play.
2: Right. Okay.
1: I, 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 Sounds like Anyways, T-
2: Taz's modem struggling today.
0: <laughs> you sound like Ike sounds. The voice facing Lockie Ferguson. <laughs>
2: <laughs> <laughs> so bringing up the old run charts, it, and K. R. Rahul still maintains his position at the top of the top of the leaderboard there um, for the Kings Eleven who are out of the competition. I find it really interesting that the guy who's at the top of the table, is actually in a team that's um, out of the competition.
0: Just it's a team game, Ashwin.
2: Team game. If that's it. Yeah, exactly. We talked about this with the Plunkett Shield, isn't it? And the fact is that you can't just rely on one or two players to do the job. Everybody has to chip in uh, with something. Yeah.
0: Look at Faf there, number three, you know, yep. in the 10 struggled. struggle. Absolutely.
2: Yeah, absolutely. And then David Warner coming in at four, even, and then Sunrise is on the edge of it, basically. So uh, when we look at it, out of the top five, in fact, even if we look at Shubman Gill, uh, we look at those players, and um, four of the five, and teams that are basically not exactly at the top of the table. Yeah, mm,
1: totally. Interesting thing. I think Imran Khan or someone said uh, about um, tournaments. He said the bats win, win new games and the bowlers win new tournaments. <laughs> so, basically, um, like, you know, it'll be interesting which bowlers are on the top.
2: Yeah, we'll, we'll get to that in a second for sure. Um, just, um, I, the only thing I sort of, I've been a bit critical for KL Rahul and, and, and this maybe be because of what, um, how the batters have gone around him, is strike rates probably been on the low side for someone that's got so many runs. But that could be because the other, you know, you can't exactly go at it if you've got wickets falling all the time at the other end.
0: Jeez, the game's changed, mate. Ever one thirty is a bad strike rate. <laughs> it is, isn't it? <laughs> the game has changed a lot, hasn't it? <laughs> it has.
2: <laughs> but that is such a it's a classic. I mean, obviously, over lockdown, we've we've got to watch a lot of uh, World Series from back in the eighties, and yeah. um, you know, two thirty was a good score in a fifty over match, wasn't it? <laughs> yeah, totally.
0: that was absolutely. Hey, an interesting number ten on the list. You and Morgan there from England scoring four hundred eighteen runs batting quite a way down the order as down well. The at order, time. yeah. So that's a pretty good return from someone who, um, you know, everyone seems to be saying should be higher up. So, yeah. See and what, he showed that uh, again today. Yeah. Yeah, quality, quality player.
2: So we go to the bowling and we'll look at the most wickets and we'll see. So Rabat has been overtaken by Jasprit Bumrah um, in top position. And uh, I suppose that lines up. Finally, the bowling sort of uh, makes sense when you've got Jasprit Bumrah with the Indians have already qualified, and he's at the top of the table with 23 wickets.
1: And they've got two We've out got, of top five, so I guess, you know, that's... Um, yeah. The bowl is out there as well. Or, like, taking him to further...
2: Yeah. What, are your, what are your thoughts on uh, Archer there? It's interesting, because he's, he's done well getting wickets, but... Um, a lot of the times I'm watching and watch the highlights I'm generally watching highlights and um he does get a bit of tap though doesn't he
0: oh, I've seen him bowl some tight spells as well I mean yep. I don't think he gets tap all the time um geez I, I just think he's an absolute top quality T20 bowler and uh yeah, love him in my team. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> no, you wouldn't turn him down, would you? I mean, he's
1: he's uh, gone for six and a half, so I, I think that's probably you know uh, that's yep. still on the lower and, side. Like if you see the top uh, top five bowlers, yeah. he's probably yep. gone for the least amount of run per over. So I, mean, I was going to say the I table the makes end, a liar of he, me, does. Yeah, the back end of the innings he probably leaked a few runs, but who wouldn't? You know, it's it's top competition and you know sort of.
0: Yeah, but look at look at Rashid Khan's runs per over there, just over five. That is just, <laughs> ridiculous. It's just ridiculous, ridiculous.
2: <laughs> yeah, no. And, and this is no. like, and um, uh, it, we'll go to that table now, actually, and we'll look at. Uh, there he is at the top of the order, five, five runs and over in a and t Twenty cricket. That's just remarkable. And when you consider he's not from a um a powerhouse cricketing nation, is he? No.
0: No, he's it's just, it's just set yeah, the prepping all the lot. Go, Taz. Yes, yeah.
1: yeah, so I, I think Afghanistan in the last three years have produced heaps of spin bowlers, And he's another young guy who played in the big best league spinner. So I think they've, uh, spin bowling-wise, I think Afghanistan is up there with any, any other nation, especially in the shorter formats. So well, you've got, got Nabi at spin three ballers. as well. Oh yeah, there you go. Yeah, goes. <laughs> yeah three, Muhammad
2: Nabi yeah. and Rashid Khan, two Afghani bowlers in the top three uh, in the IPL speaks volumes for the spin bowling stocks, anyway. Yeah. So we look at that, but it's um, I suppose, Tez, what what is it that the with the spin bowlers that makes them more economical than uh, you know? We look at those. Um, the bowling economy there, and it's pretty much taken up there by the spin bowling stocks. What, what, what makes them so effective in a, in terms of economy in a, a short format game like that on like T20s? I
1: mean, I guess like like someone like uh, say, Chitkhan is hard to pick, right? So, and he bowls at a pace that you cannot play off the pitch. So um, someone like him, being economical, makes sense. And then a lot of left-arm spinners as well, who kind of darted in. And uh, basically, I, in my opinion, anyways, um, the spin bowlers tend to do better because uh, a) there's not a lot of pace to work with. Um, B) it's even their bad balls sometimes don't go for runs because batsmen are going after them rather than waiting for a bad ball. Like say in Test cricket, if you bowl a, if you miss your length, people will put you away because their first intention is to get behind the ball. Whereas in T20 cricket, people are going, trying to score runs. And that's where sometimes, you know, if you miss the length, they kind of still get away with it, in my opinion, anyways.
2: That sounds like when we're telling the young kids, like I'm talking about like my son, nine, nine, nine-year-olds, and it's just like, don't try and over hit the ball. Don't try and hit the ball too hard, which is what they're always trying to do. Is just play your shot. And, it, and the power will come with it. That's, that's what it sounded like, the fact that the batsmen are just trying to hit the ball so hard that they end up not really getting it off the middle or getting no power into the shot. Nope, he's frozen. So what's your
1: take <laughs> on it, Adrian? <laughs> oh, look,
0: I think the first thing you've got to note about those spinners at the top of that list is they're all absolutely brilliant. Right. So these aren't average spin bowlers. These are absolutely the best in the world. So I don't think you could just pretend it can happen to any spinner. I mean, these are the best of their profession, but it's just like you. It's just the um, the, the, the fact, I think, that they can take the pace off the ball. And I think then it's also to do with the types of wickets that they're playing on, um, where they can get, a you know, um, as the wickets get slower and they can get a little bit of purchase it becomes increasingly more difficult to get these types of bowlers away. They all sort of attack the stumps. Um, they're sort of bowlers that they don't really give any sort of width or anything like that. So they're always at, at the stumps. And I think that, um yeah, I, I just think it's a combination of being very good spinners and the right conditions is probably the reason.
2: So uh, we're going to do a little bit of crystal ball gazing here. What are we picking? Uh, let, let's, Adrian... Give me a top four. So we've got the Indians, Mumbai Indians, already there. Uh, obviously, I think the Royal Challengers and Delhi Capitals. Who are you picking in the top four in the order there? What do you got?
0: Well, obviously, Mumbai. I think statistically, a number one. Just yep. anyway. That's just going to happen anyway.
2: This is going to um, happen anyway. Yeah.
0: So who's going to win out of Delhi, Bangalore? Well, geez, throw a coin, toss a coin. I, I think um, I don't know. Delhi have been impressive. You know, I think the large. I think they could come good there. And then it just comes down to whether the Sunrisers could beat Mumbai. You say Mumbai on form. So I think my top four in order will be Mumbai, Delhi, Royal Challengers, Calcutta. That's what I'm going for. Cheers. Um,
1: well, I hope the Sunrisers uh, beat Mumbai. to make it more sort of exciting for me. I mean, I, I follow uh, Heather, but, um, but I, I, I Mumbai Indians should be the top pick anyways. And then uh, you've got... Uh, um i i hope that sunrises Hyderabad sort of win that game and you know finishing uh in top two um daily capitals good uh strike bowlers they've got so in my opinion um Mumbai indians um Delhi capitals sunrise with heatherabad and then Royal the Challengers bangalore so calcutta might miss out but let's see
2: <laughs> see what happens well, well as aaron said in the old chat rooms it's like we need to get the original panel back and see uh See how the how the predictions went from the before the tournament started. That'll make yeah. interesting reading. I don't know if Aj- <laughs> we can get AJ back on after the Kings Eleven and missed out.
0: <laughs> that was a sting, wasn't
2: it? There was. A <laughs> no. Look, um, what we'll um we'll we'll sort of see how that pans out. Look, next week by the time we're back on here, we'll be. Um, I think we would have found out who the finalists are. Um, I don't. The final is on the 10th and that'll be the day after our show. So uh, we'll be able to basically preview the final um, next week uh, at this time, roughly. So uh, look forward to seeing who actually makes it through. Well, I've made notes here on who you guys have said. <laughs> actually, go, go, who, who are you picking in the final? Like who's going to make it to the final, not the winner of the final, but who's going to make it to the final?
0: I'm going Mumbai,
2: Mumbai and Delhi. Mumbai, Delhi, in uh, Tez. Look, he's con- conveniently frozen. Yeah,
1: Mumbai.
2: No, nope, just lost you again. I'm going. I'm going to go with Hy- Hyderabad, M- Mumbai, and Hyderabad. Oh, we've totally lost him. He's blanked out. <laughs> Don't you love technology? I can hear you guys. That's all right.
1: <laughs> yeah,
0: it's...
2: You're back. He's back. He's back. Here we go. Okay, so we got Mumbai. Who who was your second team? Um, Delhi. Delhi. Okay, Mumbai and Delhi. Right. Yeah. Sorry, and you had Adrian Mumbai and Delhi. Delhi is Delhi. Oh, okay. Delhi. Oh, Delhi. oh, come on, guys. Where's the argument? <laughs> you know, you're supposed to. <laughs> Where's that going on? <laughs> now look. Um. Oh yeah. We'll um give me a few minutes here, and um. So we'll look forward to that game next week. Uh, but in the meantime, next we'll go on to it's a bit of international cricket that's been happening. Um, and I'm just, give me a moment and I'll try and get the uh, score chart, charts off. Now, Taz, you've been watching of the uh, Pakistan Zimbabwe series. Uh, what, what are your thoughts so far in terms of how it's panned out?
1: Well, I guess, like, the first first thing is Zimbabwe's actually brought in a strong squad. Like, you know, they're all uh, key players are there, or most of them anyways. So, which kind of yep. makes it the series quite exciting. Uh, Pakistan is being sort of given opportunity to, uh, in between a few young guys, uh, which is a good sign for Pakistan, just to try new faces um, at home. So, um, I think Pakistan won both the games comfortably. Um, Taylor scored 100 in the first one, got man of the match
0: and, uh, and I... shahin shah took
2: the six for and the four for, i think so he's taken i think last four games he's taken 16 wickets wow <laughs> that's a, that's a fair bit so um so batting first pakistan with 281 for eight now i saw the end of this innings and from what i gathered from the commentators um they they were sort of like pakistan were actually on target to get get 300 so they sort of like lost a few wickets towards the end was is that a, was that fair or is that do I get the wrong end of the stick like everything on the show tonight
1: <laughs> no i think they probably didn't start as like uh, with with al haq who obviously fit um, in 75 ball 58 so i think they just took time early on and then they pushed it towards the end so um but 300 would have been a obviously par score but um zimbabwe still yeah they they it was a closer game than it looks uh, when, when you're watching it.
2: right. Brendan Taylor with 112 for uh, for Zimbabwe. Um, obviously the the, the rock and in the innings that sort of like everybody batted around.
1: Yeah and he got mad of the match as well so um, and not Shane a foodie, so which means that he actually sort of uh, obviously fought well.
2: I thought that only happened in Australia, where the uh, losing team gets the man um, <laughs> of the match. <laughs> so, any any sort of spectac- special moments out of the game that uh, in that first first ODI? I mean this sprint Taylor obviously his
1: hundred and uh, Shane uh, um Pfeiffer. Uh, there's a guy called Harris Rove. He played in the Big Bash last year. He's a tight ball cricketer from Pakistan, but he's just recently made his name in the, this cricket. So he's made his uh, one-day debut and went for, I think, first four overs went for 40, but he came back strong. So uh, that was his uh, his debut, uh, one-day international debut. So I'll bring Rauf, up the full scorecard, actually.
2: There we go. and oh. So he, um, there we go. So he ended up with, so you're saying his first four overs went for 40? Yes, yeah. So he oh, came so back he, quite so strong. Ne- yeah, um, so the two, next six overs two. went for odd 17, basically. So yeah, yeah good, yeah, yeah, good recovery. For
1: that.
2: Yeah. Right. And then sort of we move on to the, um, I'll just bring up, uh, as you can see, I'm well prepared for tonight's show when <laughs> my, my, my normal uh um sort of uh preparation was not being able to be uh done uh, i'll step up my game for next time sorry sorry everybody <laughs> and and the second second game what's what's happened here that's um a bit of a low scoring affair
1: yeah, I mean, um, what's his name? Iftekhar Sen. So he's like a, I mean, he's more than a part time, but he's like a short format, like the guy who would be your sixth bowler. And he took a fifer, I think. Um, so I guess like one of those days where the spin bowler does the magic and he, he, he took uh, the five wickets.
2: Right. But it wasn't the one
1: part. I think they scored 200.
2: Yeah, two hundred six. Zimbabwe scored off the 45, uh, 45 yeah, yeah. overs, so not, which is rather surprising runs, when you not, look at. Not, you got Sean Williams seventy-five off seventy, and Brendan Taylor again thirty-six off forty-five. So, if I'll, I'll I'll do the. Uh, why don't I just bring up the full scorecard here? So, yeah, lots of lots of wickets all the way through, isn't it? I mean, when you only got two hundred six, it's like wickets falling regularly. Yeah.
1: And that to to the par- part timer as well. So.
2: Yeah, did they, they Was it? Uh, was it a struggle early on, in terms of uh, getting the run rate going? That sort of caused the um, pressure in the middle of the innings.
1: I don't know. It's like sometimes you like you target the fifth or sixth bowler, and I think that's mm-hmm. probably what happened and didn't work.
2: <laughs> yeah, the part timers? <laughs> yep, yep. And uh, was it played at the same ground as the first one?
1: Yeah, i think raul and next game is in right yeah okay so,
2: and then, uh, in apart the, so basically pakistan cruised to the total didn't they really with the loss of four wickets and only in the 35th over a nice um yeah. easy victory um everybody sort of chipping in apart from uh, rizwan yeah
1: there's a guy called uh Heather Ali, so he made his debut. He's he's already played. He played against England in the T20s it's called a fifty on debut. So this is his like uh, one-day international debut. Um, I think he got an interesting thing happened was he had an inside edge, right? But the umpire gave him out. But the snicko made. Meet-
2: obviously Hello. um
1: sorry yep, back again i've lost you uh, you've probably lost me
2: we lost you there for a bit yeah Hello. yeah yeah. sounds seems like the um the internet is not working in milford too well today <laughs> 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 no well that's so so what we've got um we've got it's a three three match series so we've got one more odi left and that is tonight or tomorrow night, actually. So tomorrow night, the dead rubber um, in Rawalpindi. Uh, is there any? Are we expecting any changes in the um, players now that uh, basically the series has been won.
1: Um, I I hope so, but like uh, the the current sort of like you know under Misbah like they cut, they've been really tight and like not making a lot of changes. Um, but I hope they do for the, the last game, uh, especially the, the young guys who have been sort of uh, sitting out. Uh, I hope they give them a chance and uh, still an international game, all this involved, but still an international game. And it would be good for them yep. to sort of uh, risk, like, you know, your main guys and give your sort of uh, guys at the bench a bit more uh, sort of chance.
2: Right. And then, then we move into uh, three, three, 20 games. And well, we see many changes to the squad. Um, for either, I mean, like Zimbabwe obviously taken over touring squad. Um, but uh, for Pakistan, will we see many changes, do you think, between the ODI and the T20?
1: I think Hafiz and Shab Malik might come back. Um, and they obviously senior guys in the T20 World Cup is uh, not too far. I think it's about six months, if not not wrong. So I think Pakistan yeah, we, would yeah. definitely be, be looking to sort of uh, try their first choice players for the T20s. Uh, because of the World Cup in the sort of, you know, not, not so distant future.
2: Right. Yep. So basically they will need to try out some, some, I mean, you, you got to, you don't want to go to the um, T20 World Cup and not know what your options are, do you? You want to be able to basically um, throw some of the players around and see how they perform uh in an international environment. So it might be just, It's against Zimbabwe, but you still need to sort of um, try them out in the game itself.
1: Yeah, Pakistan has been lacking finishes. Like, you know, the guys, like, you know, back in the day we had guys who could sort of finish at the back end. But right now, Pakistan have tried a few. Asif Ali, I mean, Imad Wasim, they've tried a few guys, but Pakistan, not very good in last four overs. And I hope that they sort of um, either one of the young players they are giving a go, they might sort of um, you know, obviously take the opportunity and score big runs. But this is the, I think that Pakistan's probably the area they're not very strong at is finishing to last uh, last four overs. Um, so, I mean, we'll see what they come up with in this series.
2: Well, it's certainly it's, they're going to have to go looking in the tape ball cricket a bit more by the sounds of it and <laughs> try and uh, pluck some, some, some kids out of there. <laughs>
1: probably, yeah.
0: Get get um, Imran Khan to find a few out uh, he's not doing anything these days, is he? Just get him that? get him to find a few get Imran Khan to find a few players. He's not doing anything these days, is he? Is <laughs> the
1: Prime
2: Minister. <laughs> 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 I, much on his
1: Prime break. Minister's have lots of time
2: up their sleeve, don't they? <laughs> <laughs> uh so um on a personal note. I, I understand you might actually end up rolling the arm over uh, this this weekend, uh, Tez. Uh,
1: yes, yes, yeah. So Taron is away, and I'm sort of filling in for him. So
2: <laughs> <laughs> so, so you'll be getting out there for the Cumu Q- uh, team uh, playing in the what 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 grade is it that you'll be playing in?
1: So the the, the two days they're playing the reserve grade. So we we're playing Hawick. Yep. Second team of Hawick pakaranga yes. So it'll be yeah. They're 110 for five. So well, let's see how it goes. I think Adrian, are you playing for Cornwall? I was
2: just going to go there. You, you, you're rolling the arm over <laughs> too, are you, Adrian? Getting
0: I'm playing um, for Cornwall uh, Reserve Miners, but we play in the Reserve Comp, so I could well be playing against you this year, Tass.
2: <laughs> oh, look forward awesome. to that. We'll have to know when that's coming up. <laughs> <laughs> Yeah. We we might have to have a special show all about the uh, game on that one. <laughs> yeah. you play, Aaron's saying you played last weekend.
0: Yeah, I played uh, Colin Maiden number one against the University Reserves. So it was great. They had a guy in their team, Wayne, who's 48. I'm 52. Uh, another <laughs> one of the Cornwall guys was 40. And then there's a whole heap of young players. So um, it's just great. I just loved... Um, Oh, keeps me young, keeps me young, young oh, I just love sort of mixing with the play. There was a lot of dice, a lot of cards, a lot of sort of chit chat this weekend as the rain fell. Right, um, yep. but obviously first and foremost, I love being out on the field. Just great. Yeah.
2: And then what what just just you just the bet? I mean, like obviously we know you as a batter. Are you rolling the arm over as well, Adrian?
0: I might bowl a couple of overs. Yeah. Look, I'm yep. not going to be there's, there's like four seamers and a couple of spinners, and I'm probably like the fifth. But, you know, if we're, you know, two-day cricket, if you're in the field for 80 overs, I could yep. well get a couple of overs. So, but certainly not a frontline bowler.
2: Nope. Oh, well, all the best to both of you. And uh, thank you both for uh, joining me on uh, the show tonight. And uh, look forward to having both of you back again uh, on the show as regulars as well. And um, Taz, we've always had you as a regular. And Adrian, hopefully we'll get you back regular now as well as the awesome. cricket season takes off. And, um, uh, we look forward to hearing about those battles uh, on the local club grounds as well. So uh, we'll, we'll see. We'll, we'll definitely keep everybody abreast of what's happening in that space as well. Um, and in saying that, if if you are watching this, whether on on recorded or live, and you're out outside of Auckland, love to hear what's happening at club cricket level um, through the rest of New Zealand as well. Uh, unfortunately, we are Auckland based, so we don't have those contacts. So, you know, reach out. We really do want to understand what's happening at club cricket in the rest of the country as well, not just in Auckland. It's just the fact that the, everybody lives here on the show. <laughs> but anyway, <laughs> thank you guys for being on the show tonight. And um, thank you all for being tuning in and watching and listening, whether you're alive or on podcast. Um, make sure you're tuning into New Zealand Sport Radio during the week, obviously during the day. Uh, we've got in the mornings, we've got um, New Zealand Sport Radio with the morning briefing, uh, Paul, and unfortunately I haven't been able to be on the show recently with work commitments, but Paul's always there, keeping you up to date with what's happening in the sports world. Your Monday nights, make sure you're back here listening and watching Swinging from the Hip, and we'll be bringing you your cricketing fix for the week. Um, We've got our rugby shows coming along on the Fridays and uh, Sunday nights, actually. Preview on Friday and a review on Sunday. This week, make sure you keep a note of the fact that the standoff will be on Thursday night. um, State of Origin on Wednesday, so they're not going to interrupt that. And they'll just come along and uh, go over how that went down on the Thursday night. But for the best show of the week, make sure you tune in again next Monday night for swinging, for, the hip, for swinging from the Hip, and we'll see you again next week. Thank you very much.
1: A lot can happen in the next three years. Like a chatbot may be your new best friend. But what won't change? Needing health insurance. United Healthcare Tri Term Medical Plans are available for these changing times.